0: From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Blogosphere.
1: Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help CMOs in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Uh, I'm excited about the show today because we have uh, one of the experts on the future of media and the blogosphere in Paul Gillen. Paul is a veteran technology journalist with more than 23 years of editorial leadership. He was founding editor-in-chief of Tech Target, one of the most successful new media entities to emerge on the Internet. Previously, Paul was editor-in-chief of Computer World Magazine. He writes the social media column for B2B Magazine, and his new book, which is a great one, The New Influencers, chronicles the changes in markets being driven by the new breed of bloggers and podcasters. Paul currently specializes in advising business-to-business marketers on strategies to optimize their use of online channels to reach buyers' cost effectively. He blogs at paulgillin.gillin.com. Welcome, Paul. Hi, Larry. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, thanks. You know, my first question is a pretty simple one. Tell us about your book and, uh, you know, why you wrote it. And if you had to go down an elevator with somebody for uh, about two minutes, uh, tell us what it's really about and what we're going to learn from it.
0: Well, to summarize, I I got the idea for the book when I started
1: blogging and uh, went to an event, uh,
0: blogged about the event, sent the organizer a a link to to the article that I wrote, and a single link on his website generated 800 visitors to my blog, which at the time was getting about 15 visitors a day. So I was fascinated by the idea of how influence works in this new medium and how one person with one link can generate that kind of response. So I uh, started working on the book, it's really a book about influence in new media. It's not about blogging specifically, although much of it is about that topic, but it's about how influence works in an environment in which uh, everybody can uh, is essentially equal. Anybody can talk, anybody can say whatever they want. There are no rules, no governing bodies, no standards boards, uh, and yet out of this a remarkably uh, sophisticated system of governance is emerging that uh, is really something I think marketers need to understand.
1: Is it really, I mean, uh, you know, should we all be believing in this sort of democratization of content and that it's, it's only going to get more momentum?
0: Uh, well, the, the blogosphere, such as it is, will probably slow down uh, in, the, in the coming years because there's been this explosion of experimentation that will taper off naturally. Uh, more activity now is moving to social networks as well as to uh, microblogs like uh, Twitter, so I think we'll see the uh, uh, the use of different services come online that will will democratize these media uh, further, uh, and we won't have uh, you know the bloggers uh, is not necessarily the killer app, but I think that this is a long-term trend. Uh, when you give people the ability to talk and to say whatever is on their minds, you know that's something that they're going to want to do, uh, and that is um, uh, whatever whatever channels they use, it's going to be a new factor in uh, markets because people now have the capacity to talk directly to each other and and even to large audiences without uh... Ha- having to be supported by global media
1: firms you know paul i you, you know i go around and talk with a lot of chief marketing officers and one thing i'm still amazed at is how much money is spent on traditional television advertising you know th- this uh, year alone will probably have a hundred and forty billion dollars spent uh all um, all predictors say it'll go up maybe five percent for next year and best estimates are that a third of it is dvr'd or TiVo'd. when do you think you know marketers are going to wake up and go we're moving beyond the broadcast era into a truly interactive era
0: uh, they already have. Uh, the thing, fact is that the spending patterns tend to lag the awareness. So, if you look at the research this year, and there's been a lot of uh, new research on marketer attitudes, uh, there very clearly is a shift going on, uh, and a strong shift toward the belief that uh, social media will be a, a major channel in the future. In fact, one study uh, done by the Society for New Communications Research uh, turned up that. Uh, marketers believe that by 2012 they'll be spending as much on social media channels as they do on conventional online channels. So uh, it's, it's very clearly on a strong learning curve. I think you have a couple of factors at work here. One is that budgets don't move as quickly as opinions. And so even uh, as marketers wake up and smell the coffee, it takes a while for their budgets to catch up. Secondly, right. is just cultural. There is a lot of institutional uh, uh, skepticism about any kind of new channel. Um, CEOs know that television works uh, they 're comfortable with it they 've used it for a long time, and changing those attitudes is very difficult. Well, marketers tell a lot of war stories about the tactics, the tricks that they have to use to try to get CEOs to believe that this is a new channel because for one thing they don 't use it you know maybe their kids use it, but they don 't really understand it, and that makes it scary for them
1: you know um, moving a, a, a little to the side in the this explosion of social networks. Uh, just because of the, the timing of our, our discussion, I'm wondering on your opinions of the uh, of how the specifically the Facebook community and the MySpace uh, community are responding to the attempt to commercialize some of uh, some of the content and the experience uh, through through posting of advertising.
0: I don't think the MySpace community cares that much, frankly, because uh most of those or or the most active users of my space are kids and uh it's not something that I think they think a lot about i think in the facebook world there is a a broad realization that these services have to be self-sustaining and that Advertising or marketing messages are part of the package. I think what people are more concerned about is putting marketing in its appropriate place so it doesn't become intrusive. And this is one reason why Facebook's recent uh, dust up over their beacon technology, which was uh, essentially shared with uh, other Facebook members what people were buying, uh, this was such a, uh, uh, such a flashpoint. Uh, because people felt that it was intrusive, that it was marketing beginning to get in their face and interfere with their ability to uh, communicate with each other on their own terms, so uh, the short the short answer is that yes, they people expect that marketing will intrude into these communities; they just want it kept in its place.
1: You know, I gave my uh, my middle daughter a hundred dollars this summer, and i I said, "You know what, uh, Julie, I'd like you to be my spy on Facebook. Just let me know the good, the bad, the ugly." And she came in to me about a week later, and she said, Dad, the lamest thing just happened on Facebook. I said, what, what was that? She goes, Coke wants to be my friend. And then she said her and her friends just made fun of Coca-Cola. You know, do you, know, do you have, besides just the mistakes companies are making, are there any companies that are you've observed that are getting this, uh, you know, how to be engaged in, in social media and marketing?
0: Well, in social media, there are many companies that I think are doing a good job with blogs right now. I, I point to Southwest Airlines, uh, General Motors, um, uh, Microsoft is doing an outstanding job, I think, at, at opening up their company using uh, using uh, this media. Uh, I think Extended Stay Hotels with its Road Warrior Tips blog is Yeah, that's a good
1: one. Uh, there's a, a company
0: one. called Stacks and Stacks that has a new blog called uh, Clutter Control Freak that's all about organizing your life. Uh, I think these companies are getting it right because what they're doing is giving people valuable content that uh, makes them want to engage with uh, those companies. It's not marketing at all, really. It's it's a very subtle form of marketing. Uh, On social networks, it's still a little bit early, but one of my favorite examples is Nikon, which uh, went into the photo-sharing site called Flickr and discovered that there were thousands and thousands of uh, nikon uh, uh, avid nikon camera customers who were there talking about their cameras and all nikon had to do really was wade in and give them a uh, a place to share and to communicate with people at nikon and i stress that not with marketers at nikon but with the people who are working on the products with people who are right. looking at uh, out in the future where they're going to take the the products and they found that uh, not only are these customers uh, happy to engage with Nikon, but they are—they want to contribute actively to the future of that company's products.
1: Yeah, you know, and it, that it's such a great example of uh, the, what, what I might t- term the future of branding. Uh, you know, I, I often talk about branding now being the dialogue you have with your customer. The stronger the dialogue, the stronger the brand, the weaker the dialogue, the weaker the brand. You think this is a seminal time for a new way to look at branding as well?
0: Yeah, I think it absolutely is. You know, we've done marketing pretty much the same way for the last
1: 100 plus years,
0: and you've spoken and written extensively about this, Larry. It's basically been a push model where we create a message and then we repeat it. Uh, ad nauseam, hoping hoping that people will buy into it. And obviously that doesn't work anymore. It had, really hasn't worked for several years. But yeah. now you've got the capacity for people to talk back, and essentially they define what the brand should be. Uh, and yeah. marketers have to realize that their whatever message they concoct if it doesn't fly with the community of customers it's not going to work and so they have to uh change the way they think about their role to really being one of engaging in a conversation and crafting a brand message in collaboration with with their customers it's very difficult for marketers to uh, many marketers to accept particularly those who are uh you know over 40 over 35 uh, because they've been they've been taught to do marketing a certain way uh and very much a one way approach to the to the task and uh, now they're finding that they have to engage in these conversations, and that's um, that's pretty traumatic.
1: I know. I you know the uh, a lot of the discussions I've been having with marketers, they're saying you know well, do, do we want people to have conversations uh, you know on in our community in our digital set? And I just say, hey, these conversations are happening anyway. Why not be part of them? Why not host them? Why not? You know, you know, be a thought leader around what you're going, what you're doing, and, and what you're talking and I'll,
0: about. And I'll point to another example here: Dell Computer, which has, which has had three incidents I know of of just absolutely getting slammed by bloggers. Uh, really, uh, a company that that has been maimed pretty badly in the blogosphere, and yet. Has embraced this medium uh, with with vigor. And in fact, Michael Dell was quoted recently in Business Week as saying, uh, precisely what you said, Larry. He said the, these conversations are happening whether we like them or not. We can ignore them at our peril, or we can engage with them and use that to become a better company. And Dell, which could be excused for uh, wanting to stay away from this whole medium, has in fact waded in with both feet and is embracing it with
1: vigor. our time. Uh, You know, we're going to take a short commercial break right now, but please stand by because we're going to come right back to Paul Gillen, author of uh, a great new book called The New Influencers, in uh, just a moment for some more conversation on Market Edge. Market Edge will continue in just a moment.
0: Guys, are you suffering from ED, email delivery problems? Is your email list underperforming? Then let JPGmail enhance your results. We've got the best in email enhancement products on the web. Our email delivery service will enlarge and maximize the monetization of your data. JPGmail will fulfill your needs from data acquisition, management, mailing to reporting, and give you the confidence to pick up visitors, enter a URL easily, and download suppression lists to enjoy that feeling of total satisfaction. We'll give you guys the ultimate tools and we'll show you how to use them. Email enhancement where you need it the most. JPGmail.com your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. A rose by any other name would still be the same shakespeare you need to differentiate yourself from your competition do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of jupiter media the nhl and lionsgate films among others moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet offering you domain registration hosting domain sales and acquisition services wrap that up with 24 7 support that's your winning combination moniker.com more than a name the hook. You get to see so much work at Cannes. It's not great work, but some of it really is. And, and you know get what to I really love time. about time? <laughs> no. Because I didn't know if we were going to talk about the partying. <laughs> it's my show, and everybody that knows me knows I like to party. You know me; I like to party. The hook
1: live broadcast Tuesdays at two p.m. Eastern, eleven a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Advertising Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm Get
0: hooked, wrapped, and dished. All week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber.
1: Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber. And I'm here today with uh, writer and business consultant Paul Gillen talking about the future of new media and who are the influencers uh, around the marketing altar of today. Maybe we should start out with that question, Paul. Um, what was the your biggest surprise about the way influence is now happening?
0: Uh, my biggest surprise, uh, I think, was the... Uh, the cult of personality that pervades it uh... you know we our perception of media is uh... we view media as institutions you know, we may have a relationship with with uh, nbc or with a show on nbc uh, but the the uh, blogosphere in particular is very rooted in uh, the role of individual personalities and i to use as just one example of that being robert scoble the uh the who was previously the lead blogger at Microsoft is not at Microsoft anymore but continues to be a very powerful influence in the community, uh, Scoble can move markets by virtue of recommending products or recommending courses of action. And why is that? Well it's because people trust him. If they read yeah. his blog, uh they might see him at a conference, but a lot of people have never met Robert Scoble, yet they trust him anyway. And so you know, companies tell Scoble that a single link on his blog can outdraw a uh, uh, an article in a major trade publication, and it all right. comes down to uh, to stories, to people having that personal credibility that people uh, develop from sharing their stories and and demonstrating to others that they have a uh, similar interest. So I, I think I was surprised at uh, certainly how. How uh, amorphous the whole influence uh, manner of influence is online, but more so how much the personalities of individuals uh, affects their influence,
1: and even the the sort of the the converse of that, which is well, is the peer to peer influence as well. I often recommend people look at a site called ExpoTV.com that sort of marries YouTube and Consumer Reports and. They let individuals uh video their own reviews, then the entire community of over two million vote on the reviews, so that if you're standing in Best Buy, you can sort of look at the best review for h d t v that's uh been voted on for two million people. so your comments on sort of the also not just the big personality but the peer to, the power of peer to peer
0: and there's nothing new about this. You know, yeah. people have subscribed to Consumer Reports for years, and one of the right. uh, one of the valuable uh, services that Consumer Reports has long provided is their annual customer survey, where they find out what are people fav, people's favorite uh, cars and washing machines and vacuum cleaners and whatever. And that's very powerful. Uh, so that the power of peer recommendation is nothing new. I think that the, what's changed is that the medium now exists for people to. Uh, participate in these, uh, in these uh, recommendation networks without having to be invited to do so by a media entity. So you go to a site like Yelp, and, and you can see restaurant reviews for any city in the country, uh, and they're very genuine personal restaurant reviews that are contributed by individuals uh, that express exactly what they think. Nobody is filtering them. Nobody is inviting them to participate. They participate because they want to.
1: One of the things I've noticed and I think is uh, very powerful is the, also the mix of what you're saying, sort of the, the, the user-generated content, but mix it with professional content. Is that something you would agree with that could be even a more powerful um, communications platform?
0: Well, I think that's the future of, of mainstream media. And when you look at what, uh, for example, USA Today is doing, or or actually AOL with its news site is doing online, they are probably as far along as anyone in uh, really embracing user content as a, a complement to professional media content. I don't think professional media is going to go away, or the mainstream media is irrelevant. It's just that mainstream media has to evolve to incorporate the. Uh, the input and in the opinions of a, of its constituency and we 're seeing that uh, in things like CNN, which in covering the Virginia tech shootings earlier this year incorporated uh, on the spot video that was shot by uh, by people who were there uh, right. I think that the that the future of media actually uh, the best example of it is Wikipedia, which right now uh, does a fantastic job of developing very uh, rich news packages about ongoing events without having any professional oversight at all. Now, if you take that and layer in some seasoned professional editors to sort of organize and filter and vet all that, you can end up with a, uh, a with a much more powerful package of information than we've ever seen in uh, enclosed verti- vertically integrated media in the past.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, I've often said that with... A little professional help, uh, a Wikipedia could easily become the New York Times of a new generation.
0: Well, I would um, invite people, people should look at the Wikipedia coverage of the California wildfires and compare that to any coverage in any mainstream publication. It's just better. And it was done, uh, that's because the people in Wikipedia do not have uh, blinders on regarding the source of information. They link to anything that is considered uh, important or, or valuable. And so, uh, uh, you know, mainstream media for a long time has been uh, hidebound by its, uh, its focus on doing everything itself. Everything had to be done internally. We had to have 100 reporters at a presidential press conference that was on, the, uh, that was on TV anyway. Uh, well, if you don't have to do everything yourself, then you broaden those horizons, then you can really develop a much richer uh, content model uh, than you could ever, because you, you just no one has the resources to do it all alone.
1: Yeah and um you're absolutely right. You know we have been focusing uh, our conversation a lot on uh, on consumer facing um impact of of the new media and social media. How about the business to business side? I mean you used to work for what I would call a a, a trade publication. Uh today it's hard to find uh, almost any printable trade uh, publication. Where do business to business people go uh to get their information now?
0: Well, uh, business to business markets tend to lag consumer markets these days and that's uh, true in almost any technology category. Nevertheless, there are uh many B2B applications of social media emerging. I, I mentioned extended stay hotels, road road warrior tips. There's uh uh the National Association of Manufacturers shopfloor.org blog which is oriented toward uh, Capitol Hill and, and many other uh, applications like that. Uh, I think that where business people increasingly go is to Google. You know, so if I was a business-to-business marketer, I would focus first and intensely on search engine optimization. And beyond that, uh, assuming that people are starting at Google, they're going to go to your website. Now, what are they going to find there? Well, if they're going to find promotional messages. If they're going to find words like uh, "like best of breed" and uh, "and state of the art." uh you're not going to keep those people very long they're going to go to your site now because there's something there that interests them so you have to talk in their language and you have to focus on the ways they're going to find you they're going to find you through uh, in addition to google through peer recommendation you know who are the bloggers and the social network leaders who are uh, are telling others what to read uh what to view uh those are the people that you that you need to influence
1: hey speaking of search paul you know What's your opinion of when we're going to have more uh, social search? Is probably the best name I could give it, but where you, you know, you, you sort of in a Google-esque way ask others about, uh, uh, you know, um, a vacation they liked or a hotel they stayed at, something like that.
0: Oh, Larry, I, I you devoted several pages of your book to that topic. I know it's a it's close to your heart. There are. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, as you do, that we are on the, the cusp of, of a revolution in search. I don't think Google is going to be uh, the be all and end all of search. It's just that the, the potential uh, rivals to Google are so fragmented right now that it's hard to tell who's going to win. There, there is uh, the Mahalo project, for example, there is the project that the uh, Wikimedia Foundation is working on that incorporates some sort of user uh, rating system into search results. And I, I think right. that that is where search will evolve, uh, because there are so many weaknesses with current search right now. For one thing, you can't search by date. You know, you get right. you look at your number one search result, you get excited uh, by what you see there. You click it open, and you find out that it's an article from 2001. Uh, you know, that's something we have to, to work on. Uh, there, You can't sort by location. It's very hard to find search that is... Uh, relevant to where you happen to be, you know, that's, uh, that has to be worked on. So I think that social search is, is the evolution of search. I don't know, uh, you know, who will be, if it's going to be uh, an established player that's going to figure this out first or if, if it will be a new player, but uh, we can't believe that search as we now see it is going to be, uh, uh, that's how we're going to be searching for things even five years from now.
1: I agree with that. I also think that we, there needs to be a huge amount of effort put on edited search. Uh, my 80-some-year-old father said to me the other day, you know, I can't stand Google because, you know, I get 10 million answers to one simple question. So uh, even though he doesn't know how to do the advanced search, uh, he had a point there. So. Google was um,
0: revolutionary for its time, and it's, uh, it's still a fantastic uh, tool. Uh, but uh, I think its limitations are becoming apparent. Just uh, I just noted a couple of them.
1: Well, the uh, you know you're living in a in a in a fast moving, changing time when the headline a few months back in the New York Times business section was, uh, "Is Facebook the Google Killer?" And Google's only nine years old. <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, you, you, there is there is a uh, uh, sort of opinion emerging now that we're in a bubble and uh, well to some extent that's true there is a lot of hype but people i think have forgotten what the what the last bubble was really like 1995 through through 2000 was insane you had companies yeah. like webvan that raised a billion dollars for a service that had no demonstrable market
1: you know we're right. not
0: seeing that happen this time there's not that kind of money being poured into the market certainly there are some ridiculous valuations uh but the uh, i would the, agree uh, with
1: uh, I would agree with you that there's a bubble around valuations, but not about the the, the companies that make no sense. Uh, you know, I remember the CEO of Furniture.com sitting in my office saying, this is going to take off, and he didn't count for people sending the furniture back when they didn't like it when it came, you know. So it was too much. Hey, before we end up, though, i got two more questions. One, one is just your view of the future of paid media. I mean, it's probably always going to be around if some kind of way of uh, of buying your advertising or your direct marketing, what's your view of uh sort of that uh, future of paid media in well, in the world we're talking about yeah that's a good
0: question people talk about mainstream media is mainstream media going <coughs> go away well that's that's uh you can't generalize like that the fact is that uh you know i i Picked up Brides magazine recently and saw that it was 800 pages, and uh, you know it's going to do just fine. And uh, Town and Country will do just fine, and Cigar Aficionado will do just fine. And why is that? Because there is a uh, there's an experience that people have with those magazines that uh, will probably never be duplicated online. There's a, a tactile experience. There's a richness of the visual experience that is unique to the printed media. And I think that people will continue to pay for that kind of information. Uh, I think online, uh, the paid model is is seriously troubled. And, you know, Rupert Murdoch has already uh, said that he intends to do away with the paid model at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, that may be the last great bastion, the last great pillar of, of paid subscription online that falls. There will continue to be uh, certainly paid models in highly specific vertical industries, uh, financial services and, and such, that will... Uh, that will work long into the future. But I think for, uh, for the, there will continue to be pressure on paid media uh, because there is simply so much information out there, and they're competing against so much that's free.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I think it's just uh, the, the era of the broadcast uh, marketer. It just got out of whack. The volume button on paid media was just turned up way too high, and it just needs to get back into balance with uh, the evolution of the new media, especially Social media, hey, last question, Paul, for you besides uh, uh you know uh, our own great books, uh, what other good books could you recommend to our listeners right now about sort of the uh, the direction of marketing and and uh, and and new media. Oh wow, putting me on the spot. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I would uh, I recommend um, uh, David Merman Scott's uh, "The New Rules of Marketing and PR" uh, is outstanding in this area. There's a new book I'm just reading right now called "We Are Smarter Than Me," and it's um, uh, just came out from uh, from uh, Wharton School Publishing. That that has uh, it's very interesting about the wisdom of crowds. I strongly recommend David Weinberger's book "Everything Is Miscellaneous," which not yep. only is a great read but uh really challenges your thinking about how we organize information. And um another one um I, I like uh the, the word of mouth marketing, Andy Cernovitz's word of mouth marketing book I think is a good good primer in this area.
1: Yep. And even though he doesn't focus completely on it right now, I'd recommend John Cow's new book, Innovation Nation, which uh talks about the impact on innovation that uh um, all the things we're talking about in new media uh, are having.
0: Oh yeah, well, I want to mention also uh, Patty Siebold's book, Outside Innovation. In that same
1: uh, tone, is, is a very good read. Yeah, I've heard that is, um, and good for Patty that she keeps on writing. Well, Paul, uh, you know, I really want to thank you for taking the time to uh, to talk with us uh, out of your busy day uh, with Market Edge, and I wish you all the best luck in the in the future.
0: And uh, you too, Larry. It's a it's a
1: privilege to be on the uh, program with you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's Market Edge conversation with Paul Gillen. Tune in again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time at webmasterradio.fm for another great Market Edge.